You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Here's the thing I know for sure, like for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I haven't talked nearly enough about, and that is team structure. And I know for me, (laughs) very early on in my flower boss career, I didn't even think about the idea of enlisting help or asking for help. And I know that there is an undercurrent of, in order for me to prove that I am successful, I need to do this on my own. And I know when I look back now to the very first wedding, well, actually be the second wedding that I ever did. And the idea that having people helping you, asking for help, enlisting help, having a friend or paying a freelancer to come and assist you, I interpreted that like a sign of weakness because a capable woman should be able to do everything on her own. And I say this with a little bit of embarrassment, but also want to talk through some different ways to think about and different ways to structure how you go about enlisting help. Because one of the greatest challenges for those of you that operate a business in a small town, you will know what I mean when I say you don't have like a plethora of overachieving, you know, set the benchmark high talent. Like I absolutely knew that, well, obviously in the shop, we need to have help. And I thought, okay, well, the only people who can come and help are people with three to five years of experience and formal qualifications, and they need to check all of these boxes. And I know I've heard from so many of you, particularly if you're brand new in the industry and you're looking to get a job or you're looking to go work with somebody, like one of the recurring themes I hear is that new florists who are either looking for work experience or are looking for a job are getting turned away time and time again because so many employers in our industry are trying to fit everybody into this box. And I think one of the greatest benefits from having started my floristry career in a very small town is we ran into so many issues with that thought process. This is definitely one of those areas where if you follow the traditional train of thought in any kind of recruitment strategy, because it's very normal, whether you work in an advertising agency, whether you work in a bakery, a restaurant, accounting, like this is true across all industries. This isn't just a floristry thing. But when you are trying to kind of find the square peg to fit in the square hole, you miss the opportunity of putting your team structure together in a way that serves you and your strengths and a way that serves your business and a way that could actually over deliver for your customers. So follow this train of thought with me. 
once you realize the constraint of living in a small town and not having thousands of formally trained, experienced designers to call on, you are required to think about things very, very differently. I realized too that once we stopped assuming that they had to have X years of experience and that they had to have gone to a certain school for floristry training, once we let go of some of these like check the box credentials, it started to open up the possibilities in ways that I had not even envisioned. And one of the downsides of continually and always looking to formally trained, certified florists with X number of years of experience is many times they have been trained in a certain aesthetic and a certain style. And if they don't have the kind of personality that likes to adapt to change and is open to trying new things, you will find yourselves butting heads a lot. And there is amazing value of having a mix of personalities on your team. But I will say hands down this many years into running a business, the greatest lesson I have found in the last five years is hire for fit first, because we can train our staff in so many different skills. Floristry is totally teachable. The skills that you have learned as a florist, you did not know many, many, many years ago. You either learned them on the job, somebody else taught you, or you have just continually tried until you figured out a way that suits you. So when you can let go of that idea of they need to fit a certain mold and you start to really look at your business from a much bigger perspective, your creative brain gets to work and starts to solve these problems in ways that you were like, holy crap, did not even think that this is possible. And if you have that thought, that thought error that I had of enlisting help is a sign of weakness, I want to invite you to let that perspective go and really understand that that is just part of the conditioning that we have been brought up in, in part of the community that we have been brought in as women and what does it look like to be a successful woman and in many cases, right, for many of us who are trying to prove how capable we are, the idea of asking for help we have decided means that we are weak versus very smart people, <laughs> very intelligent people on this planet, my friends, will invite you into the idea of no, asking for help is like a shortcut. Asking for help means that you're incredibly intelligent, incredibly smart, incredibly clever. So if you have the thought asking for help is a sign of weakness, I want you to flip the story around and really start to look for evidence to build the belief that asking for help is actually a very intelligent thing to do. <laughs> and it does take practice. It takes practice, my friends. And many times we find ourselves in this, like, I'm going to hold all the bags of groceries on my own. <laughs> asking for help can feel awkward, but it's just like riding a bicycle. You're just going to learn a new skill. So when you're thinking about your team structure, even if you are a solopreneur and you're somebody who's just starting on your own, or let's say that you own a flower shop and you do weddings and you do, you know, many, many, many transactions in the run of a week and you don't want to be kind of attached to the shop as much as you currently are. I want to talk you through my thinking and I will invite you to take any of these ideas and apply them in your own business. And I want you to 
really understand that I think this kind of team structure is fucking phenomenal. (laughs) And we made up this team structure once I had a conversation with my accountant and he just looked at us like, oh, I have the answer for you guys. It's just you need to think about this very differently. You need to think about your business the way that a restaurant thinks about their business. And you need to think about your business instead of it just being this collection of florists. I want you to think about the systems and the production line that happens in order for the delivery to get out the door or in order for the wedding to happen, in order for the workshop to be put on, in order for the funeral to be delivered, in order for the corporates to go out every single week. So this thought process is super helpful because we did this in the shop and we did this with the wedding business and it's a model that I love thinking about the flexibility in terms of how it could apply to any kind of flower business model. For those of you who were at the Brisbane workshop, I know that we have talked about this, but I wanted to go into it in more detail for everybody, but also just open your eyes to a different perspective in terms of how to set your team up for success, how to get yourself out of the day-to-day so much, and how to think about hiring and filling the gaps within your own business. There's two concepts that I want to throw at you. And the first one is in the world of restaurants and catering, They divide their teams into front of house and back of house. If you've ever worked in the theater, it's a very similar thing, right? You have what happens behind the curtain and then what happens with the audience. So if we take this concept of front of house, back of house in a flower business, it's very much customer service and sales. And then there's the actual fulfillment. And when we were navigating our second year of Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, we adopted this philosophy of front of house, back of house. So many of you will already know that customer service is not my strength. (laughs) It is not where my immediate skill set lies. But what is so amazing about humans is that there is a whole collection of human beings who are phenomenal at customer service. And you can train humans to be phenomenal at customer service. And if you're anything like me and you know that customer service isn't where your immediate skill set sits, <laughs> that you can solve that problem in a very different way. So the error that I see in many flower businesses is that what we do is we hire more florists to try to increase our capacity. And it becomes a very expensive endeavor. And I will argue it also becomes a very frustrating endeavor because you've got all these people with varying levels of skills and expertise and slightly different design aesthetics and you're trying to bring everybody along on the ride. And it's a hot mess. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it's a very messy way to run a business. But instead, if you can slice your team in a totally different perspective and decide that you have a front of house and a back of house, and then you can train those teams accordingly. And even better, you can slot yourself in where your strengths lie. I know I was talking to one of you guys a few months ago about the idea of what does it mean to be a good florist? And we think we need to be proficient at everything, and we need to be the best designer on the planet. 
But what I love thinking about is that there are going to be a good portion of you that are really good at customer service. You are phenomenal at ordering product from wholesalers and envisioning the big concept for the day. And you know what? You're happy. And in fact, the end result could be better if you had a team of people who were then bringing that concept to life. And I will tell you, that is me. I am very good at building a relationship with clients very quickly. I am phenomenal at creating recipes and creating the big vision and really maximizing our product usage. And I'm good at communicating that vision with a team and then giving them permission to make it even better than what I was thinking. Knowing you get to create what you want the definition to be of a good florist. You yourself do not have to be the best designer on your team. I'm going to repeat that so that you really understand what I'm saying. You do not have to be the best designer on the team. I learned so much by hiring freelance florists who were better designers than me. I love working with designers who are better designers than me. I love watching florists who are really good at being florists do their job and bring this vision to life. I love working with florists who are like pride themselves on how quickly they can put together this work. It's so fun to really be able to build a team based on all of these different strengths. So really get clear on what you want your definition of a good florist to be and recognize that you can build an awesome team and you do not have to be the best designer on that team. But if we come back to this concept of front of house, back of house, we all know that there are many, many, many steps to creating any floral design. Even if we take the simplest bouquet, there are all the steps in terms of gathering the materials and the ingredients and processing the ingredients. There are all the steps involved in terms of actually capturing the order from the customer. Then there is the actual making of the order and delivering the order. So there's so many different steps in this process that when you actually grab a pen and a piece of paper and you write down for yourself every single step that needs to happen in order for that one order to go from customer places the order to the actual delivery or the pickup of that bouquet that happens, there are so many steps in the process. You don't have to have one person doing every single one of those steps. You don't have to have one person seeing it from phone call all the way through to delivery. Once I went through this exercise, I realized that for us, the most valuable the most valuable pieces of the puzzle are the actual taking of the order. So the skill set required in terms of sales and customer service to maximize the order value, understand what the customer's expectations are, check the box, gather all the details and write out the order in a way as such it is legible <laughs> for somebody else to read. Minor detail, but super important. Going through that whole process is one incredible skill set that's super valuable to your business. Planning and the actual recipe is super important, but can be driven by a system. And then the actual construction of the design, and then the expertise required in the fulfillment of it. But if we understand that those are essentially four different skill sets, the pressure that we put on ourselves to think that we need to be the best at all four of those things is outrageous. And we all do it. 
We all have this expectation that we're a phenomenal customer service and salesperson. We all have this expectation that we can create the perfect recipe every single time out and that we're never going to struggle in making a design. And then you need to ask all the introverted floral designers to go out and do a delivery and it is our worst nightmare. But when you can start to compartmentalize these steps, you realize in your production line, there's going to be some very, very, very important, very important, but seemingly small pieces of that process that are kind of the make or break. So the system that you have in terms of customer service and sales, the system and the framework that you have in terms of creating the recipe, the expertise required to actually physically create the thing, and then the system that drives the actual delivery process. And optimizing your systems to make those four pieces of the puzzle work are so incredibly important. But if we take the concept of front of house, back of house, the front of house in terms of floristry is everything that's customer service and sales. Then there is that transition point of making sure that the order is clear, the instructions are clear, and that the expectations are understood in terms of the actual fulfillment of it. But so many of us tell ourselves we need to be able to do all of these steps in the process when in actual fact, the output for your customer will be so much better if you recognize that there are going to be people who are great with the skill set of customer service and sales. And then your business might be better off if you are stuck behind your workbench. <laughs> Right. If you know you are very good designer, you're very good at using up miscellaneous ingredients and you're very efficient and fast at creating a great, well-constructed design, get yourself behind the workbench and hire your team to deal with the front of house. It will change the game and it will, in fact, actually lead to a better output. It is possible that you letting go of the sales and customer service piece of the puzzle will deliver a better output for your business, a better output for your customers, and a better output for you. That is my belief in letting go of the idea that you have to touch every single piece of the puzzle. Understanding that the output could be better for you, your business, and your customers if you were not having to do every single step in the process. So this system is particularly helpful if you are dealing with those intense retail periods of Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas, setting up your system so that you have a clear front of house team and then a clear back of house team and having a great system for then communicating between those two teams. And that's where I want to introduce concept number two is the idea of hiring a manager. Now, this is 100% an idea that our accountant actually suggested to us because he was like, hey, so let's look at the way that McDonald's runs their business because their back of house can be done by any newbie, 17-year-old can walk in off the street, pick up that binder to learn how to make a Big Mac, and it's very clear and it's very easy to deliver on and the communication is good and the standards are clearly communicated and the systems drive the success. Then the training involved to navigate the front of house. Yes, it is such a powerful thought to then have a manager who is managing the front of house and the back of house. They can kind of be the conduit between the two and understand the ebbs and flows and how many florists do I need to have on staff on a Wednesday and then how many customer service or salespeople do I need to have on staff on a Friday and really starting to manage the roster, manage the team and manage the staffing. It is a game changer. 
So we did this in the retail business and we did it in the wedding business. And my friends, I want to invite you into the idea of revolutionizing your own life (laughs) by hiring a manager. And I want to kind of come in and interrupt the thought process of thinking that that manager even needs to be a floral designer because it is very possible. And now I look back and I realize, huh, yeah, the skill set of managing a team, creating a roster, setting the KPIs, tracking the KPIs, managing wastage, so many systems get to drive the results of what's happening on your team. But the mistake that so many of us make is thinking that that manager needs to be a florist. And this is where we run into trouble because the manager's job isn't about design. The manager's job is that, yes, they need to know a crap ton about floristry, but it's all teachable. They absolutely, and I will tell you right now, they do need to have a love of flowers. I think they need to be phenomenal at customer service, sales, and managing a team. But that back end of really understanding the ins and outs of floristry, that's where you get to train them. You get to train them in your way of doing things. And it's such a incredible experience to hire a manager who has, whether they've been previously have been an assistant manager or they have been an actual retail manager or business manager or operations manager. There's so many different skill sets to look at, but this idea of going, you could actually hire a manager and you can hire a manager to help manage all of the pieces of the puzzle. So we literally just made up the job description based off of the postings on Seek here in Australia. We literally, if you look on any job posting website and type in shop manager, retail manager, operations manager, production manager, and just start to look at the job descriptions and look at the pay rates, look at the salaries, because that's another thing that everybody gets really scared about is, oh my gosh, how much am I going to have to pay this person? But I promise you, if we were able to find managers in our tiny itty bitty town, (laughs) (laughs) And I will tell you with phenomenal skill sets, like outrageous qualifications, skill sets and expertise and a love of flowers, then it becomes an onboarding and a training experience to teach them your ways, right? To teach them the ins and outs of floristry within your city, within your state, within your country, within the way that your business operates. And it's all totally teachable. And I truly believe like looking for a manager that doesn't come from a floristry background is so incredibly helpful because particularly in the management role, they're going to come, if they come from another flower business, they're going to come with the expectation that that other flower business is how floristry is done. And if they don't have the personality that's up for change and iterativeness and true entrepreneurship that you guys are going to be butting heads a lot. So I actually think it's to your business's advantage and it's to your customer's advantage to find a manager that doesn't come with a floristry background. Now, having said that, I think it's super valuable and I will actually say I think it's required that they have a passion for flowers because there is a difference. (laughs) And your customers can see right through anybody who doesn't have a passion for flowers. I think that is a prerequisite, but it could mean 
that they love gardening and they, they know flowers in terms of landscape and seasonality and they have a little bit of kind of textbook knowledge and then you get to teach them about the systems and the processes. But it's so fascinating. Even if you took five minutes and you started looking at like retail manager or shop manager job descriptions and you look at what the skill sets are of those people, you will blow your minds at what you can do in your own business because you'll realize how much of that burden you're carrying yourself and the things that aren't even getting done. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, so I am going to take the leap of faith. I'm going to hire this person. I am going to make this investment in my business, investment in training and investment in my team. And you will make more money from it because your customer service will be better. Your product usage will be better. Your staffing and your rostering will be better. Like there's so many domino effects that this one decision had on our business. And I'm like, I really wish that this is a concept that somebody had introduced to me so much earlier. And it's so incredibly helpful. It's so incredibly helpful kind of no matter what kind of business that you run. Also, do not fall into the trap of thinking that you need to offer any one of these jobs as full-time permanent roles. That concept is going to limit your creative thinking. So many of you will say, well, my business isn't at that level yet. A, get clear on what at that level actually means, like how much revenue does your business need to be bringing in in order for you to warrant having a retail manager? And what could that level of investment actually create for your business? If you weren't taking on the job of being a wedding and events coordinator and being a floral designer and being a shop manager, if you could free up all of your own capacity in that space, what would you be spending your time on that would drive revenue in your business? The third thing, which is also just the second thing said in a slightly different way is it's very possible that you can hire managers on a part-time basis. You can hire them on a contract basis. You can hire them to help you sort out a very specific system in your business. You just have to go out there and keep finding the people and being open and telling everybody that you're looking for a operations or a business manager, a retail manager, wedding and events manager. There literally is no downside in posting the job posting on any one of the job posting platforms just to see who comes out of the woodwork. It is amazing, right? When you stop kind of getting in your own way and you just open up to the possibility, there are some amazing humans on this planet, my friend. <laughs> They're just so incredibly cool with some incredible skill sets and just really starting to think of your business very differently. So I know a lot of you have heard me talk about just the similarities between the restaurant industry and the floral design industry. There's so many similarities in terms of what we can pick up on and the lessons we can learn from how the people who are creating some amazing food products and what that can mean for the structure of our own businesses. So go out there, think about all of the steps that it takes for you to just create the simplest bouquet and really start to identify like, where are the most important pieces of that puzzle? Who can you put in place that really leans into their strengths? What are the gaps that need to be filled? And you will just blow your mind in terms of the quality of work that comes out the other end, the level of profitability that you achieve, and the actual fun that you have when you start to pull these different pieces of the puzzle together. So if you're at the point of hiring a manager, 
go out there and make it happen. It's okay if it feels uncomfortable. If you're not at the point of hiring a manager, but you know that you need to enlist help, write down the steps in terms of what needs to happen in order to go from customer order to final fulfillment, and then really use your creativity in terms of filling in those gaps. Those two thought processes will change the game for you and your business, and you'll actually start having more fun again. I promise. Okay, my people, that is what I have for you. I love this work so incredibly much. Go out there, make it your own. Have the most amazing week. Please take care of yourself, drive safe, eat your vegetables, drink more water, make some money, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.